Hey, welcome back, everybody, to another segment of Wednesday Wisdom on the Educational AD Podcast. We'll be right back with today's Wednesday Wisdom guest. But as always, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors. Now, these are companies that I used as an athletic director. They're great companies. You should be using them, too. So don't hit that fast forward button. Stay with us for the next three minutes. We're going to give them a quick shout out. Here we go. We want to say thanks to our good friends at Hometown Ticketing for their support. Hometown is the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. If you go to their website, their team's going to show you how to set up and sell tickets online uh, for all your events, not just athletics, but things like school plays, uh, school concerts, dances, even graduation. Go to hometownticketing.com. It's digital ticketing that offers more. We also want to thank Sideline Interactive indoor score tables and video boards. Go to sidelineinteractive.com. Schedule a live web demo. See their scoreboards and their score tables in action. Their products not only generate income for your athletic department, they also create the ultimate game day experience for your student athletes. That's sidelineinteractive.com. We also want to thank Gipper. Gipper is the official social media graphic solution for the podcast. And if you go to gipper.com, they're going to show you how to create world-class marketing content for your school's social media channel. It's going to help you celebrate your athletes and promote your teams. It's used and trusted by over 3,000 athletic programs across the country, and it's professional graphic design made simple. Go to gipper.com to get started. We want to thank our good friends at Home Campus, the official and exclusive high school and state association management platform. Home Campus is something I used every day as an athletic director. You're going to use it, too, for things like scheduling, uh, student-athlete eligibility and clearance, uh, connecting with parents, digital forms and signatures. You name it, Home Campus does it. To get started, all you have to do is go to homecampus.com. That's homecampus.com. We want to say thanks to Vital Signs Wall of Fame. Go to their website and check out their interactive touchscreen, that's right, touchscreen video consoles. It's a great way to show off your school record boards for all your teams, for all your sports, or your school's Hall of Fame, or simply share your school's diverse history and your proudest moments. Go to vitalsignswalloffame.com. Mention the podcast, you'll get a nice discount. We want to thank our good friends at SnapRaise. Have you ever done a fundraiser uh, and then got little, if any, return after weeks and weeks? We'll stop right here. Go to snapraise.com. Hands down, the best online fundraising platform out there. We used it at our school. Tremendous success. Our coaches loved it. Our parents loved it. And it works. Okay, Go to snapraise.com. You can also check out their other platforms like Snap Store and Snap Manage. But SnapRaise is the fundraiser you need to have at your school. That's snapraise.com. We want to thank our friends at Huddle. Go to huddle.com and change the way you see the game. As a football coach, I used Huddle for years, but when I became an athletic director, I made sure our school was a Huddle school, and our coaches just loved the tools that Huddle provided that let them coach our kids up to their highest level. Go to Huddle.com, join the 8 million users, turn your school into a Huddle school. We also want to thank our good friends at Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack. Uh, if you've never used a survey to take the pulse of your student-athletes, or your parents, you're really missing out. Um, athletic Surveys is going to create a custom survey for you that's going to connect you with the parents that want to complain and the 98% of your parents and student-athletes that support your program. And that's a tremendously valuable tool to have when you're talking with a frustrated parent 
or your principal or your school board. Go to athleticsurveys.com. Let them help you take your athletic program from good to great. Welcome back, everybody, to another segment of Wednesday Wisdom on the Educational AD Podcast. We're going all the way across the ocean and uh, stopping in England today and visiting with a new friend, Stephanie Burge. Uh, Stephanie and I connected through a, a mutual acquaintance, uh, Gordon McClellan, uh, and we're just really impressed with her background and some of the things that she's doing with with coaches, with athletes, and particularly with parents. So, uh, Stephanie Burge, welcome to Wednesday Wisdom. Well, thank you so much. I'm delighted to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, I know you're incredibly busy, uh, but we appreciate you spending some time with us today. Uh, I want to go and start off and have you share a little bit with our listeners, you know, about, you know, your, your background and, and what you're doing now with, you know, your coaching, your consulting. And then we're going to take a, a little bit of a deep dive into one of your, uh, I, I think, specialty areas. Okay, that's great. Well, as you said, I'm based here in the UK. I live right in the middle of the UK, just outside a town called Loughborough, famous for its university. We do a lot of training of Olympic teams there. And really, the last three years of my life has been very focused on coaching, uh, coaching women, coaching families and coaching young players in particular about their sporting journey. And it's really a second career for me. I started my business career uh, in the corporate world. I was a buyer and a marketeer for a big company called Boots the Chemist here in the UK. And I transitioned from that into quite an entrepreneurial role where I was a sales director up until the time that I had my two girls. And then I sort of juggled my career and raising a family for a while. Uh, right through up until the point when my kids grew up and went to university here in the UK. And then I did what a lot of women do at that point in their lives. And I, I hit a big career crossroads and I started recognizing that I didn't feel that happy about the direction that I was going in my life. And I felt that there was something else out there for me. And to cut a long story short, I did some of my own self-development. I did a lot of co personal coaching myself. I had a coach and a mentor and sort of threw all the balls up in the air about what I wanted to do next for the next chapter of my career and after a bit of soul searching it actually landed very firmly in the career of life coaching and I went off and retrained requalified I'm now a member of the ICF the International Coaching Federation so I have a an accreditation and a brand new career where I just feel I'm working with my passion and I'm talking from a very authentic place. I'm giving things back. I've regained my work-life balance and I think I'm just a happier and healthier person. So I've launched Lemon Zest Coaching, which is my brand and the name of my company. And now I spend my time talking to interesting people like you and talking to families and parents and sharing some of the wisdom that I've gained along the years. And what's lovely is I can naturally combine the experience that I've had in my working life and my corporate life and all the learnings from there with being a mother and raising my family. And then most specifically being on quite a unique journey with my youngest daughter as she transitioned to become a full-time elite athlete in the England and GB hockey program. 
and has now transitioned out the other side. So when you sort of roll all that together, then that's the wisdom that I bring to Lemon Zest coaching and, and I guess brings my drive and my passion for coaching in the way that I do. Yeah, I, I appreciate you sharing that. And again, for listeners, um, Stephanie and I connected. She wrote uh, just a very, um, I'm going to use the word compelling, you know, article um, that uh, I just, I had to reach out to her. Uh, and we're going to, Stephanie's going to tell you about that uh, and, and why it's important for you as a listener to know this. But Stephanie, I got to ask a question first. You mentioned both your daughters were involved in athletics uh, back when mm -hmm. you were in school. Uh any uh, sports or competitive background for you? Well, that's an interesting question. I was very sporty as a child and I played every sport at school. You know, I ran, I played tennis, I played hockey, I played netball, I did gymnastics. I was a classic all-rounder, but I didn't go to a really sports-focused school and I didn't have parents that pushed me in any particular direction. So I was sort of... I'm pretty good at most things, but I didn't excel at any one thing. Mm -hmm. uh, so looking back, of course, you know, I would love to have excelled at that one thing. But, you know, that wasn't my journey. And actually, it's interesting you should ask that question, because as I've watched my children, and particularly my youngest daughter, as she's excelled at that one thing, I've had to recognize that that's raised quite a few things for me about my own journey when I was a child, because I didn't have parents that were rooting for me like I rooted for my daughter. And, um, you know, that has raised quite a lot of interesting things from a coaching angle. And often I talk about that with parents, you know, the legacy of your own sporting past and how it's impacting how you show up with your children today. So I don't know whether that answers your question, but... Um, a very sporty person and still am, you know, I still love sport, still play a lot of sport, but not exclusively one. No, you know, that definitely answers the question. And you're absolutely right. You know, our own experience, uh, experiences, you know, uh, impact the way we, we coach our kids or we coach somebody else's kids, uh, if we're doing that. Well, let's go on. Uh, I, I'd like you to share, if you can, um, you know, the article that you wrote. And, and as you already mentioned, you know, it involved, you know, uh, your daughter, who was an elite athlete um, and, you know, her transition uh, from competing. So uh, I'm going to get out of the way. Uh, and um, again, for our listeners, uh, our guest today is Stephanie Burge, and she's the uh, founder of Lemon Zest Coaching. Uh, she works with athletes. She works with parents. Uh, she works with teams. Um, Stephanie, uh, you know, please um, share your story about your daughter's experience as an elite athlete. Yeah, well, I guess the thing that I wrote about, which has resonated with so many people, including yourself, is the need that I believe all parents should have to look outside the sporting bubble. And I guess it doesn't have to be just the sporting bubble because your children might be excelling in all sorts of things. They might be excelling in music or drama or something academic or Kung Fu or whatever it is that, that, that their particular passion is, that as they, they bubble sort of closer and closer to the top of the pyramid in terms of their sporting success, what you find as a family is that lots of other things in their lives tend to fall away. 
as you start focusing more and more on this one particular goal. And in my daughter's case, it was um, she was an elite hockey player. She played for England at junior levels all the way through from the age of 13. And as she progressed through school and she got better and better, you know, her drive was to play for the senior team, the full-time senior GB and England hockey team uh, that compete in the European Championships, in the World Championships, and ultimately in the Olympics. And, and that became her one and only goal alongside, obviously still trying to get her degree here in the UK and everything else. And I suppose my article was what I learned as I reflected on the fact that she had made that journey. She had played for England in GB. She'd had 20 full-time caps, but then very suddenly, as in many sports, she got dropped. And she got dropped at the age of 22 and she got dropped like a stone, basically. She turned up for training one day, having played two international fixtures the previous week and was told, we're sort of done. There's other people we like the look of more and you can go home, basically. And it was really my article was about reflecting on how we managed to cope with that piece of information as a family and how my daughter then transitioned out of a full-time elite sport environment and into a great career. And she now works for JP Morgan. Um, she's highly ambitious. She's really happy. She's a great, all-rounded, happy and healthy individual. And I suppose what I wanted to do with my article was share what we learned as a family along that journey with other people. Because without wanting to blow our own trumpets, I think we did a reasonable job of navigating a really traumatic part in our family's cultural and history. And I, I look around me at how other people who are rejected from their sports cope. And I see a lot of damaged individuals around, a lot of people who aren't coping with losing their sporting career. And I thought, you know what, I'm just gonna write down the nuggets of what were useful for us and see if it helped other people. So do you think you might like me to take you through my sort of top 10 tips of what I learned? Would that help? No, absolutely. That's, uh, again, the uh, people, um, uh, and in England too, you know, uh, kids, as they move up through the ranks, uh, they're, they're going to play on teams. And we all reach that point sometimes. Some it's it's right out of, you know, junior high, some in high school. Uh, I'd say hmm. probably most in high school. That's the end of their competitive career. Those that make it on to university, uh, their career is going to end. The ones that, you know, make a national team or a pro team, you know, their career is going to end sometime. But um it, it's a different experience. It's a unique experience for each one of those people. So, uh, you know, absolutely. Can you share those tips uh, with our listeners that, you know, you feel are important in navigating that transitional period? Of course, I'll give it a go. So number one, top tip, prepare for the end before it's the end. Now, as, as I was saying, when you're really good at sport and you're striving to be at the top of your career, you're in a culture where the only thing you really focus on is the sport. That is all around you. It's the language that everybody else uses. But actually, you have to face the fact that you could get injured or you could get dropped. 
and you have to have a career and earn a living outside of that sport. And actually, if you wait until the crunch point, until you think about it, when you're traumatized, when you're upset, when you are grieving for a life that you've lost, it's going to be pretty hard to figure it out. So I would advise everybody to have those what if conversations as a parent with your child. Okay, so what if this ended? What what would you do? You know, what would you regret that you hadn't done alongside your sporting career? What's going to guide you onto your next path? How are you going to make a living for yourself? Let's just imagine that you were injured and it all stopped tomorrow. You know, where would you go next? So actually having some of these conversations isn't an insult to your child who wants to focus on their sporting career and making it to the very top. It's actually you being a diligent parent and and actually offering some practical support and advice. So get them to try and figure out who they are outside of their sport whilst they're still playing. Get them to try and test some stuff out, work out what they like and what they don't like. So they get some sort of sense of who they might be outside of their sport. Um, So for us in practical terms, this meant that we really would fight our daughter's corner to make sure that she still got to do all those rites of passage events that her peers were doing, you know, the ones that help you learn about yourself and figure out who you are and what you want to do. Um, Anything that she was offered where she could share her story, where she could mentor other children, where she could get that sense of, of talking about how she got to the place where she was, helped her figure out who she was, gave her experience of, of just presenting to people, of feeling what it's like to stand up on a stage and and get used to people all looking at you and you having to be eloquent. Um, we would also, net, my husband and I would network within our own community of, of friends and businesses and find her places where she could go when she had downtime, just even sometimes just to do a day in a in a commercial environment where she could go, actually, do, do I like this sort of environment where people are talking about law? You know, do I like an environment where maybe I would be teaching? You know, what do I think about marketing? Am I interested in something more creative? And we made a real effort to make sure she had an opportunity to get some work experience in lots of different areas, just so she could start to figure out what she could eliminate from her future career or what she could possibly focus on. And I think that really helped her when ultimately her career finished to have a real sense of direction in terms of where she was going. So that would be my top tip. And I know it often means um, having conversations when they don't feel ready to have them because they're busy doing their thing. But actually you have to point out, you know, look at this person. They were right at the top of their career. They were injured, they were out and they never came back. There's plenty of examples of those around. So that would be my first top tip. Uh, My next top tip is, when the end comes for them, and it came very unexpectedly for my daughter, it is honestly like a bereavement for them. And it hits them like a sledgehammer. And all those emotions come tumbling out of them, you know, and in no particular order, shock, regret, anger, fear of the future, you know, resentment, depression, sadness, you know, and somebody has to be there to scoop those intense feelings up and 
as parents, you're their safe space. That's the place where those feelings have to land. Because I tell you for a fact, with everybody else, they have to be brave. With all their friends, with all their colleagues, their ex-teammates, they're having to put on a brave face and they have to have a place they can go where they can just let it go and tell it how it is and be as raw with their emotions as they need to be. So put your hard hat on parents because you're going to need it because it's messy, but let them be emotional with you because if they can't do it with you, they're just going to push all those feelings down and suppress them. And I can guarantee you they're going to come up and in later life and they're going to fester and they're going to cause problems. So let them be, let them come to you and, and be, and be as miserable as they need to be. Okay, next top, top tip, practical top hit, top tip here. When the chips are down, you need people around you who can shed some sunshine and offer some light relief. So I call this calling in the cavalry. When they've just lost the thing that they love, they you have to have people around them. Possibly people who don't give a damn about sport or whatever it is they do to come and offer them some perspective and some humor and get them laughing again and thinking about other things and realizing that actually life does carry on. We were really lucky. My other daughter is not sporty now and she had a very different sort of life and she was actually really over the moon that she was gonna get her sister back because she felt like she had lost her to sport and that there was no room in her life for anything else. And um, on the day that my daughter lost her contract and was absolutely devastated, thank goodness I called in my other daughter for moral support. And within hours, they were laughing and crying within the same breath and everything just felt a bit more normalized. So um, have a think about who your cavalry are gonna be. Uh, my next tip would be give them some time to do their processing because they're not gonna be able to move on speedily. You know, this is something massive. When they lose the thing, whatever it is their thing is, that has been their focus and their motivation and their dream for a long time. If they lose that, they're not gonna get over it overnight. You know, there's no point saying, okay, well, that's done. You know, let's move on. They need a space where they can grieve and where they can process. And during that time, you just may need to let them set their own pace and let them set their own agenda. And this is where I think you just need to be intuitive as a parent and just sort of be around and talk when they need talking to, but also be aware that actually sometimes you just got to be quiet and back off and leave them be. So sort of try and have a flexible approach and tell them over and over again that you love them irrespective of what they have succeeded or failed at. That's the most important lesson as a parent, because we get so fi fixated, don't we, with the accolades and the results and the gongs and the, and the medals and everything else that goes with it. But actually underneath it all, what is the most important thing? That we've got a happy and healthy child, that we've got an all-rounded individual that is going to go into their young adulthood ready to face the world and be their true selves. And we don't want them to go there feeling like they've failed. Because actually they've not failed at anything. 
what they've achieved so far is remarkable in the grand scheme of things. And you may need to keep reminding them that when you get to the top of the pyramid, there's a lot of people below you that have never even got anywhere near it. So, you know, we were immensely proud of what our daughter have achieved. And um, we told her that a lot when she felt like at that moment in her life that she had failed. She hadn't got to the Olympics. So in her mind, she'd failed. And we spent a lot of time convincing her that that wasn't the case. And we were proud of her, irrespective of that. Okay, my next tip. Um, show up as parents in a way that is useful. And this is really important because we can't change what's happened. We can only change how we as parents respond to that situation. So being as devastated as they are isn't going to help. Being as angry as they are isn't going to help. It's just going to make it all worse for them. So don't take it personally. Don't take their pain on board. Don't let this trigger you about things that you've done in your past that you've failed at. Don't let it open up a can of worms because that's not going to help either. Okay. It's their stuff. It's not your stuff. So just be mindful that you don't add to their, their burden and focus on the things that you can control rather than things that you can't control. So as a practical example, um, we just did something really useful. Um, she was so full up with the news and the drama. We just said, okay, how about if we just communicate what's happened to everybody and then you don't have to do it. And she was like, oh, thank God, that would just be fabulous. So we told all the friends and family that were invested in her sporting career. We told, um, you know, all the parents that were on the squad. We just told them. And we told them straight how it was. We didn't try and paint the picture in any different way. We wanted them to know the facts. But we also didn't want any sort of awkwardness in the future. So we wished everybody success, you know, how much we'd enjoyed our journey. We told everybody that we were privileged to have been part of it. We had no hard feelings. We just put it all out there. And then I just think it took all that pressure off, all that questioning went away. And we'd set the tone of how things were going to be moving forward. And we'd done it for us, but we'd done it for her too. So that was just like an example of something really practical. My next top tip would be to encourage your child to get some closure on whatever it is they've had to give up on. So in our case, it was a sporting journey and she felt sore about some of the things that had happened to her along the way. She wasn't going to debate the decision of the head coach that ultimately she was dropped because that was done. But she did have some things to say and she wanted to say them in the right way. So there was a little bit of time where she gathered her thoughts and then she made it a professional appointment to go in. She wanted to say some proper goodbyes to the people that had supported her. She wanted to see her teammates when she felt ready. And she wanted to tell the people at the top, actually, these were the things that had worked for me. But actually, guys, in my opinion, these were the things that hadn't worked and you could have done better. And I think if you say things in an appropriate way, then people will accept that that's a valid opinion. It wasn't said with any sour grapes, but I think she felt that that helped her get some closure. 
on the situation that she'd been through. So I know it takes a lot of courage to do, but as a parent of a child who's been through it, I would highly recommend that when that time's right, you encourage them to go in and say their thing and let them practice on you if they need to, because there's probably some tough stuff that needs saying and it needs saying without malice. So that's what we did. Okay, Jake, I'm aware I've said a lot already and I've only got to 0.6 out of my top 10 lists. And I know we're perhaps a bit short of time. So how about we just take a pause there um, and I'll happily share, you know, my other tips on a, another occasion. But if you're, um, any of your listeners obviously want to reach out to me and discuss any of these issues with me, if they're parents of children who play sport or if they have children who are excelling in other areas where they're basically in a competitive environment all the time and they're dealing with that sort of pressure, then I'm really happy to share all my details or for you to share it in your podcast and we can have some further conversations. Oh, no, absolutely. We'll put the information in the show notes, but, you know, for the listeners and listeners, you have a tremendous resource here. You really should reach out. Stephanie, uh, go ahead and give uh, the name of the website and, you know, if email is the way to uh, best contact you or LinkedIn, you know, let our listeners know how they can find out more. Okay, no problem. Well, you can find me on LinkedIn, which is where we originally connected, just with my name, Stephanie Burge at Lemon Zest Coaching. Um, I have a website, www.lemonzestcoaching.com. And that has all my contact details on, you know, email details and everything else. So that's probably the best way for people to get in touch with me. So that or LinkedIn, any way you please. I'm yeah. around. Well, again, we appreciate you taking some time today to share. And again, listeners, that website is lemonzestcoaching.com or Stephanie Burge, B-U-R-G-E on LinkedIn. Uh, Again, a tremendous resource to add to your toolbox. Uh, we made it through six of your top 10 tips. Uh, please uh, come back for another Wednesday Wisdom and share the rest and some other tips with our listeners, if that's okay. Of course, it's a pleasure. Speak to you again yeah. soon. All right. For our listeners, uh, we do appreciate you tuning in. And just a reminder, we upload the Zoom recordings to the Educational AD Podcast YouTube channel. Uh, we do this every week. So uh, come back next Wednesday for more great wisdom on the Educational 80 Podcast. We'll see you next time. Hey, thanks again for listening to uh, this segment of Wednesday Wisdom. Uh, and again, that website, lemonzestcoaching.com, Stephanie Burge. Um, before we go, we want to give a shout out to all of our sponsors. Um, you've heard me say it before. These are all companies that I used as an athletic director. You should be using them too. We want to thank Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack. That's athleticsurveys.com. I want to say thank you to Home Campus. Go to homecampus.com. Gipper is the official social media graphic solution for us. Go to gipper.com to get started. Sideline Interactive, indoor score tables and video boards. Go to sidelineinteractive.com. I want to thank Huddle. As a football coach, I used Huddle. As an AD, we were a Huddle school. Go to huddle.com for more information. If you're looking for a fundraiser, go to snapraise.com. That's it, snapraise.com. We also want to thank Vital Signs Wall of Fame. Go to vitalsignswalloffame.com. 
And finally, Hometown Ticketing, a leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. That's hometownticketing.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time on the Educational AD Podcast.